Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Bright Style with Technicia. So glad to have you on again today. Beautiful, bright Saturday, and that means no resting on the weekends. You still get your grind on. I don't like using the word grind, but that's what we actually got to do. Weekends are for the week, right? Oh, man, I can't believe it. We are already finished with this week, almost. We're going in, we'll be going almost into the other second half of December. Man, I'm telling you, it's going by so quick. So that gives you the question, what are you doing valuable with your time, millionaires? What are you doing valuable with your time? I hope you've been productive today. And if not, make sure you set those goals. Have an action plan. You don't have an action plan? Probably need to start one. Get your vision board in order. But with me, I am going to be tanned up with writer and producer Dave Daney. Yes. And he's my man because you know why? He's on my list because I love Grand Theft Auto. I didn't get a chance to play the Grand Theft Auto, that the newer one that came out, which I'm mad because I don't have a game system. Mm, sucks. I got to get me a game system. But I am so psyched. Max Payne, like, whoa, those are my games. And I know I'm a girl, but I love to play these action video games. Like, give me one, and I will play it all day. And I'm not even going to lie. Like, when my children were born, I was still caught up in a video game scenario. My mom was like, um, no, you got to take care of your babies, right? It's not my response. I'm like, can you just do it right quick? I just want to play this one level. <laughs> so I am honored to be here today sitting with him. Oh, man, it's it's amazing. Dave, I'm just so excited to have you on, man. How's it going? Hey, how you doing today? It's very, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your program today. You're so welcome. So where are you stationed at right now? Right now I am in beautiful, sunny Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Ooh, how's the weather? So how's the weather there? You know what? It is, it's a little chilly out, but it is a quite a pleasant day. You know what? The, the wind's blowing a little bit, but we have a nice blue sky, and the sun is shining upon us, and, it, and it's a good day. So. Oh, I know that's right. Well, we got our little cold weather. Not too cold, but it is chilly. Enough with you on a nice jacket. Yeah. Yeah, so, sounds good. Dave, you're my man. I love going <laughs> stuff auto. I, I can't even lie. Like, that that's my that's my game. I heard you I talking. So you're a big fan it. of the Max Payne series as well. Yes, I am. I love Max Payne too. Max Payne was difficult for me, but I stuck on in there. Even when they give you the cheat codes, it's like, okay, you gave me the cheat codes, but I still got to work on it because I don't know exactly what you're doing. Well, I, I made it through Max Payne. I made it through Max Payne. Um, yeah, Max Payne's a difficult one. I, yeah, it is a little difficult. It is. It is. And my last Grand Theft Auto was San Andreas. 
Oh, that's a classic one. Sure. You know, I, I love the old, the, the original trio of GTA is actually like my favorite from a standpoint of a fan. Because I was a fan of, of Grand Theft Auto before I went to go work at Rockstars. And they asked me, one of the questions they asked me on one of my interviews was, what is your favorite Grand Theft Auto game? And I actually said Vice City because I love the whole 80s thing. But that trio of the original one, the Vice City and San Andreas, that's like a real groundbreaking um they kind of covered all the, um, the different. I don't know. It was, it was just such a brilliant thing. I loved it. Went back, back those, back in those days. <clears throat> mhm. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave, let's talk. Because <laughs> Dave, I see you're a graduate. You're a class of 2006, and everything you got, you got a lot going on up under your belt. And I'm, I'm happy for you. We got two great movies out: Garrett Topless and Shark. Shark Tanks or Shark, shark Babes. Babes? Yeah, Shark Tank. Yeah, that's a good show too, actually. But yeah, Shark Babes is our <laughs> second film. So we have two of the two of these like um, you know fun late night sexy uh, erotic sci fi horror movies I made with uh, director Jim Minorsky, who's who's big in that world of the B movie and um, Roger Corman sci fi horror stuff. So scared to you guys go check out scaretoppers.com and sharkbabes.com. They each have their own site with trailers and stuff, and you know they're fun. They are they're they're fun films. Um, I, I I I get a kick out of them. People people enjoy them. So. Yeah. Oh, I bet. How do you come up? How did you come up with the idea for either one of them? Because when you listen to them, they sound like they're sexist. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you they. Um, well, the idea, you know, well, the, for Scare Thomas, it certainly was um, nothing that was like too groundbreaking. You know, a group of kids or a group of uh, young young adults rather have to spend a night in a haunted house, and they're going to be doing a séance to conduct, uh, you know, to contact spirits and stuff like that. So, you know, we kind of played upon some of the more classic and tried and true things of of the uh, of the genre. And then for Shark Babes, I, I, Shark Babes, you know, um, it, we, sharks are always kind of big, but even if, even when we made it uh, a couple of years ago, it was uh, even bigger because of Sharknado and stuff like that. And it just everything has like a resurgence and a cycle. And I, we said, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could create? Because you know, we're always operating with a very small budget on these types of films. So uh, you know, can we create a shark film that can fit in type inside this in, in the shark uh, you, you know realm? And lo and behold, we were able to do it. And uh, you know, there's an, arth- an author out there named Mark Price who just got contact with me recently and he's putting together a book about shark movies the history of shark movies and he contacted me uh to to tell me that you know shark babes is like one of the only uh erotic shark movies and it's going to be in his book and stuff so we, we were pretty um flattered by that it's kind of it was pretty cool well that's awesome and i'm glad to see that you're on the right track i mean just going from the video game back and forth i mean then you send off on your own venture, and you created something a little different with a little twist, so I do like it. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah, did definitely. Thank you. That's, that's what we did. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're welcome. No, go right ahead. I was, well, you know, the story goes that I was working at Rockstar, had made these, worked on these video games, you know. Um, I, I was never really a true video game guy, per se. Um, I, I was always a big film guy, but I always was certainly intrigued by the Grand Theft Auto series because it was very cinematic and stuff like that. But after Grand Theft Auto V came out, I think I, I started to, you know, I, I want to do something, I want to try something new, and always was wanted to have my own little company and do my own little project. 
projects and stuff like that, you know. So that's 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 what I did. And I had become friends with Jim Winorski around the same time. Um, worked on a few of his projects. Uh, you know, he's directed classics like Shopping Mall and uh, uh, you know Death Stalker Two and Revenge of the Swamp Thing. Just a whole uh, a whole bunch of classic um, like B movies and stuff like that. So. Left, you know, left the, left the job, started Old Mill Entertainment, which is my little company. Check us out at oldmillentertainment.com. And we have the couple of movies, and now we're working on an animated project. So we're trying to, we're trying to, make, it, trying to make it happen, you know? Right. Now, did any of your connections with the video industry help you out in the film industry as well? Yeah, no, actually, it, they really had nothing to do with each other. I be, had become friends with Jim Wynorski because uh, at the time, working on those video games, I uh, was just collecting a lot of DVDs at the time uh, and buying a lot of Roger Corman and just these weird, uh, you know, exploitation films from like, the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, just trying to, like, really get, get you know, get a hold of some, uh, some rare stuff. And anyway, I had become a fan of Jim Wynorski by proxy because his stuff, stuff is all over that genre and also at the same time there was a documentary on netflix that i encourage any, anybody out there to check it out it's called papatopolis and it's about jim winorski oh. and have you heard of that i have not but i'm writing that down right now you said papatopolis yeah, Papatopoulos, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I think it's P-O-P, T-O-P, and then Opolis, I guess, however you would feel like a Greek name or something like that. And it's, and it's one of his many – it's a funny story. It's one of his many pseudonyms. Jim Minorsky has, has like 20 or 30 different pseudonyms that he has, uh, uh, you know, directed films under. You know, and it's kind of a joke because you, anyone knows, you can just Google one of the pseudonyms and it's directly connected to him. So we, it's not by now. It's not really fooling anybody. But one of the funnier, because they get funny as the, as the list starts to build, they get more ridiculous names and they get funnier as they go on, as the years went on. And Papatopoulos is <laughs> it's like one of the later ones. And that was the name of the documentary. And, you know, I saw this on Netflix. I was intrigued by it. I had already known who he was, but I thought it was really cool, you know, and I had written him a few letters and became pen, pen pals with him. Uh, he was a very nice guy. I would ask him questions about uh, movies. Or that I would buy movies and then write questions down while I watched them and then send it to him, and he would, you know, get back to me. And, and like, I became friends with him, and then I, from there, worked on a few of his projects, um, and then, you know, I was like, okay, I think I want to make my own project, and then when it was time to do that, you know, I was able to come in, hire him to to direct it because I needed someone with a lot of experience and stuff like that to help me out along the way. So, um, and wow. yeah, so it was, I learned a lot from working with Jim. Well, I'm glad you got the you got the hands-on experience and everything. Yeah. Now, try to say that five times, Papatopoulos, five times while getting your tongue twisted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. it's definitely a tongue twister. So how would so Dave? How would you say that working on games kind of implemented your experience into going into the film industry, like maybe so as you learned more about time and management better? Yeah, definitely. You know, learned about time management and just it was the next step up of, of, of being a part of something that, you know, before that, before I had worked at Rockstar Games I, uh, doing the, the, all that stuff, I was working at like a cable channel doing an overnight shift, uh, running tapes and doing color correction and sound. And it was just, you know, it was one of my first jobs that I came out of college. So 
I left that to go work a rock star, and that was my first kind of then push into um, uh, being more on the production side of things. You know, I'd always done my own little side productions, of course, but now as a part of my bread and butter, my main job, I was going to move into the production side of the world and go work for Rockstar Games. And then did that. I was there for like almost three or four years, and um, and just like anything else, I was like, okay, now I want to um, do my own thing. And um, so... Now we're going to try to, you know, we have these two films. They're, you know, they're erotic in nature. They, they, they are good for a certain thing. But now we want to try to create, and we are creating, uh, you know, more dynamic works. So always trying, to, always trying to build upon what we had done before, you know? Right. I definitely agree with you. You're building off of that. But it, like I said, you're doing, so, you're doing so well right now. Now I heard of a Roger Corman. Um, how did he tie into this? Did he have any influence on the latest two movies? Yeah, well, he definitely had a lot of influence in the sense that I was inspired by him, but he was not directly involved. Okay. But Roger Corman, um, for any of your listeners out there who might not know him, definitely check him out on Google. Uh, he's a, he's a, they call him the king of the B movies. He may, I don't think he's too crazy about that title, but essentially, what he's uh, he's a revolutionary. He's a pioneer. He uh, was a pioneer in creating low budget uh, horror and sci fi movies that uh, could uh, turn a profit, but also keep the audience. Uh, engaged and entertained, and and he he was really all over the. I mean, started out the drive-in movie theater scene, and then the exploitation uh, movie theater scene when it was like the 70s and stuff like that, 42nd Street and and all those different places in the country. And then he was another pioneer when it became home video, uh, and, and all that um, the mom and pop uh, stores and DVDs, and and now he's doing stuff on streaming. So he's launched the career of many. Many well-known directors like Francis Ford Coppola and, and uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, now my mind—of course, now I have the name and my mind's going blank. But he, his, the, the the list of people that he's gotten their career started is pretty astounding. And Jim Wynorski is one of those guys that got his career started from working with Roger Corman back in the 80s. Uh, so um, I was I learned a lot by proxy of of, of Roger Corman's uh, tricks and trades of the uh, of the trade, you know what I mean, and secrets, but it was from his other students. So it was kind of like franchised, his film school being franchised out in a way, because they call it the Roger Corman Film School. Uh, is like a a goofy name for people who were inspired by him and stuff. So, oh, yeah. awesome, wonderful! What on this level that you're going on? How many? Tell us some of the people who actually support this vision. Because sometimes when you start now, you have your negative people yeah, come yeah. about. Oh, this is not going to work out. That's not going to work out. But I'm sure that you had some great supporters on your team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I will say my number one supporter always has been my father. You know, he since I was oh, wow. always interested in making films, and uh, he'd supported me since I mean, you know, um, you know, you know, ten, ten, eleven years old when I was I had liked this type of stuff. You know, let me play with his camera f- from all the way now to you know always being behind me, telling him, you know, listen, I so told him that I wanted to leave my job, which was a good job, and 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 all this stuff to go take this crazy leap of faith, and and, and you know, so uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, 
uh, a lot of people would support their children, but there are some people who might not support their children in that. And, you know, I was thankful to have my dad behind me. You know, there were certainly some people who, no one really, I will be honest, no one was just like, oh, this is definitely not going to work. This is going to be a complete failure. I mean, people might have thought that about it, the project, as I told them, but no one was really that rash and came out and said that to me. Like, But there were definitely people who were less enthusiastic than others. They were just like, oh, okay, you know, that's pretty cool. But, you know, um, boy, when Scare Tapas was on Showtime, it, it, uh, it felt good because I knew that the people maybe who thought that this was kind of a crazy idea i you know it, it, i made it work you know it worked so um very proud of that and uh, and the people who supported always so thankful and and the people now who are fans of it and and, and enthusiasts of scared topics because they've either they've bought the dvd or they've seen it on um the different platforms like xbox and showtime um you know i'm very thankful and grateful to have those people enjoy the films well, now with this, how many hats did you actually wear on the film? Because being a producer is a lot of work, I heard. Yeah, so how how many did I produce of these erotic movies with Jim, you're saying? Or how many hats did you wear on the films, like, Oh, I'm sorry, hats. I didn't hear you. Yeah, I. Oh, geez, yeah. you know, a fair amount, a fair amount. We, we. I wrote, I co-wrote the script with Jim. Uh, I was the producer. I, I. You know, so from planning to to trying to develop a look for it, but it's all you know. The, always, of course, we're operating on such a small budget, so we're just trying to be creative in those different places that you can. And now, as we as the film is done, and if the marketing afterwards has come with it, I've really taught myself how to do all the uh, website design, and then continue to do the editing of of the trailers and promotional materials, and just being out there and talking to to people like you and getting on nice programs like this and and chit-chatting about it, you know, so having to be the ambassador of the project pretty much and um and 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 doing all the the post uh work that goes along with when you're trying to save money, you're not you don't have a you you're not, you know, um you don't have a huge team of uh, like a huge marketing team. You know, I'm doing most of that stuff myself. So Yeah, it is. It's, it's a big difference. Um, from actually a bigger production, but hey, you have to start somewhere, and I think that now times really have changed from the decade compared to the 1950s when you didn't have all the technology. But now people filming on their phones. You have you have your computers. I'm sure certain professors are upset in their film class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's crazy how- amount of uh, sure technology is. is unbelievable. It is. What you think made you actually just gravitate towards making sexy horror movies? Because because I find it fascinating. It's a little, like I said, it's a twist because we're so used to, of course, our Friday the 13th, Michael Myers, <laughs> come up and kill you. Normally yeah. they just kill you, protecting it, but it's a twist to it now. What made you, what gravitates you towards doing that? Yeah, well, you know, that's a good question. I, I always, I like all. I will certainly say I like all different types of films. Uh, you know, horror films are great. Uh, I don't like the horror films. That are uh, believe it or not. I mean, I love Friday the. I do love Friday the Thirteenth and and um, and all those from the eighties. But as far as like some of the new ones, like some of the get a little too gory for me. You know, what I mean? but I do like I, I like spooky atmosphere. Um, I like rainstorms and 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 werewolves how, howling and castles on the mountains and stuff like that. So I like I love. Love all that type of atmospheric stuff. So that's what 
I think those thematic elements is definitely what draws me to horror in the first place. That type of Victorian style horror, hammer horror, perhaps, and you know, old universal horror. Um, but I think my, you know, uh, I will create all different types of films. I think as my career goes on, you know, um, this new project that I'm developing now, this animated piece, it has uh, aspects from horror films, like kung fu movies, but even also some dramatic elements, like you know, maybe from a show like Beverly Hills and High No Two One Out. So I'm really trying to, you know, create some 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 new stuff, but. Um, who doesn't love a good, you know, when it's it's a little chilly at nighttime and the winds are howling? Who doesn't love to put on a good horror film at nighttime and get a little spooked out? Exactly, and and I don't think you would actually get too scared off of this. This is this is something different. Yes, no, this is definitely so, Scare Topless is not is not a, I would not even say Scare Topless is a true horror film. It's a goofy, spooky, sexy movie. You know, it's more comedy horror than it is, you know, yeah, this is not it wasn't intended to to scare anybody. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah. That's what I love. I get tired of going to the movies getting scared, but now I can actually laugh through something. And, and don't have to worry about wetting my pants. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's what's next on the list? Are we in operation of doing any more movies right now? Or are we taking a pause? Yeah, you know what? So, so we're promoting. You know, we're 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 promoting Scare Tapas. We have the Scare Tapas DVD right now. It's got some special features on there. It's got a lot of cool uh-huh. artwork and stuff like that. And people can find that at ScareTapas.com. Um, Shark Babes. We just launched SharkBabes.com. Uh, we don't have a DVD for that yet, but there will be some viewing options hopefully coming soon. And then, uh, you know, we're, we don't have any plans right now to produce any more erotic films. We are develop. We are hard at work with the team developing this new animated project it's it's animated so it's taking and it's a it's a it's got a like a fantasy aspect to it so it's you know we're developing the characters we're developing the way that the the, the environments look and we're putting some trailers together and very soon we'll be launching a website and then we'll have more to talk about it when about it when we have when we have more put together and released and then maybe uh maybe i, I can come back on and tell you more about it when it's ready what Dave, you know that would be a pleasure for me to have you back on. Well, thank you very much. Um, now, do, doing these horror movies, I guess I would want to ask, what horror movies that you grew up on that actually influenced this one and ones that you just liked as a horror fan? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, my I definitely grew up with liking the Universal from a little kid because they were fun, and my mom got me the VHS tapes from it because she was like a total kid of of the fifties. My mother, you know, and and she so Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho, um, the Bela Lugosi, Dracula, um, uh, Frankenstein, and the Werewolf, uh, the Mummy, of course, and, the, and the, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. All those are classic. And then a little later on, on my own, I discovered the Hammer horror films which are you know with Peter oh, Cushing yeah. and on and uh, those are those are those are great and then of course a little later on I get a little older and I discovered the Friday the 13th and and um uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all, and all that stuff so I guess that's the spectrum what what would I say that would directly influenced Scare Topless well I think if we the horror elements that we do play upon are certainly the more uh, classic horror elements the haunted house the spooky paranormal ghost aspect 
uh, you know, the, the lost love, uh, the Roman ghost, who's, you know what I mean? That all that, I think that all that stuff is coming is coming from the older school um, horror horror scene. You know, uh, good old fashioned, good old fashioned fun. Right, and then I just feel that you know, as as with comedy, I I feel like horror and a thriller genre is it's probably one of the few ways that we can actually address real life horrors. You know, we yeah. go to the movies, we we get our popcorn, we're expecting this, and we want a powerful piece of art. But that's what struck me. As watching this, watching some of your trailers and everything, this is this is not one of those uh, movies that's gonna have you where you feel like, okay, now I'm afraid for my life. But I can sit <laughs> back, I can enjoy myself, I can still eat my popcorn, don't have to be all over the place. Yes, yeah, definitely. They're uh, you know they're escapism films. I I love the idea of escapism. In movies, I think that's the main purpose of movies, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's many different types of escapism, and this is a more of a sexy style, erotic escapism. But but uh, you know, it's everything is, is always done. You know, these movies are certainly pretty vanilla and, and and pretty tasteful. That's why people sometimes are like, oh, you know, what is the scare top? And you know, it's it's pretty tame. But it gives people a little bit of titillating escapism. You know, with a little bit of a spooky um, mm-hmm. thematic element in there. You know. And people have people have fun. Makes people happy. Right now, when now, Dave, when you going into this, um, when you were first developing the project, were you intentionally developing a horror film because you liked horror, or because it was a genre that has a long history of being able to tackle social and topical elements and the trappings of a popcorn entertainment? Yeah, well, no, I would say definitely, well, the movie was first sits in the world, I would say, before it sits in the horror world, it sits in the erotic film world, I mean, no doubt, I don't, uh, you know, so the, the I knew that, because the, the films I had worked on with Jim Minorsky were these, like, erotic late-night movies for cable television, you know, it's a, it's a genre that kind of Roger Corman was a pioneer in, and then Jim Minorsky kind of put his own twist on it in the 90s and made his, his own niche out of it, and, and you know, Jim really... Uh, he created a genius method of shooting these erotic films for a very low budget and in a two-day shooting schedule, and the movie and they they do well. So I when I work with him as his assistant and some other on some other projects which were these of these style, I was intrigued by that. I mean I'm not gonna lie. I I thought that because you know I was looking for something new to do and I thought that this was obtainable. I said, Oh I can create an actual movie, although it is an erotic film, but it will be on the potential to be on cable television and be out there. I can create a real movie for for very uh, low budget in in respects of the of filmmaking world and I can use this as a as a you know a platform to do more things. So I was attracted by that uh, that aspect of it, and uh, you couldn't make for the small amount of money that we made Scare Tapas for, and also uh, that same amount for uh, roughly for Shark Babes. You would you wouldn't really be able to make a movie that didn't have an erotic twist to it. Cause, well, you wouldn't have a feature film, you know what I mean? So so um, yeah, I was intrigued by that idea of, of doing something like that. Exactly, and that's what I like. The the link between horror and comedy to me is that they're both built on the viewer empathy, you know, yeah. um, regardless of which one. 
But I think one fun thing about this movie, you're going to get the thrill, but you'll get the you'll have that comedy at the same time. But most of these horror movies, they're, they're sort of missing the mark. Most of them I see now, you'd be like, oh, my God, why did you make a remake? I just couldn't stand when they made a remake of Halloween. Oh, I, I, I fully to, agree. And they tried to do Chucky. I, I didn't like the fact that Chucky um, now has a family. I'm like, really? Chucky? I agree. No, I completely agree. I, 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 you know, they remade uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I think they really should have left Chainsaw Massacre alone. Like, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, I totally okay, agree. The classic, the classic was good. Some of the classic was good. It was like, okay, they were doing their best during that time. And I I, I think I did like the one with um, Jessica Bill, and I, I did. I liked that one. Um, someone was, um, I think it was one more that they made. The, the last one, I forgot which one. But one of them, I was like, no. I'm there's a prequel, well, yeah. It's a, you oh. know, you know. There's something about, especially like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a handmade quality to them that makes it as part of the enjoyment experience when you're watching the film. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's almost like if you're to go back and watch Gumby, wouldn't you want to watch the Gumby where you see the thumbprint in his head as they do the the stop motion animation? I don't want to watch Gumby that's slickly Hi. animated in CGI Pixar form. So, because Gumby has that handma- handmade quality to it that makes it charming. And I think those films, like Friday, the early Friday the 13th movies and the all the first uh, you know versions of all those classic horror films, um, there's the handmade quality to it that they they came in, you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre came in they slicked it all up with Hollywood big budgets and you know what can I say? What can be said? Uh, there's probably not too there's probably not too much that you can really say. I think horror movies are missing the mark on it because when we look at horror movies, we get so upset because we want them to get out the house. They make it up excuses not to do this, and then they said to get killed, and it's like okay. And now I have sort of fallen in love with American Horror Stories um, a little bit. I really like that one on Elf X. Um, oh, I haven't seen good. that one. Should I check that out? Is it pretty good? Right. Oh, you would, you would definitely. Um, I think you you would love it. At first, it kind of threw me off because I was like, wait a minute. Is this real? Are they doing this? <laughs> and then I had to it kind of draw me. I'm like, why are we doing interviews inside of the movie? I, I don't understand. And then I kind of grabbed so I'm like, okay, I was really slow. <laughs> Before we wrap it up here, because right, I know you're on a limited time crunch of recent horror, what <laughs> have you been drawn to? I guess as a horror fan, which you clearly are, what would you recommend? Uh, as far as like recommendations for me as movies for people to see? Right. Okay, yeah, I would say that, you know, um, check out the old, uh, you know, I, I geez, it's going to sound corny, but I, if you're interested in learning about horror and the, and the, and the history of horror, I would say f- go check out Nosferatu, the, the silent movie from the, you know, that's like one of the f- first creepy movies. Then I would say check out some of the universal um, the horror films, uh, the classics of, Dra- you know, Dracula and Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and then move your way up, and then go check out uh, some of the horror, the Hammer horror films, with Peter Cushing uh, and um, oh, and Christopher Lee, you know, uh, certainly those are great too. And um, I would work if you're work your way up through the history, and then check out Friday the Thirteenth and some other things. There's there's uh, there's so many movies out there to to see. I feel like oh man, it's exciting if it, if you're just getting started. Yep, I definitely I definitely agree. 
will your films, will your movies also be on instant VOD? You know what? Right now they were they were they were available on some places on instant VOD, and then there was uh, we had okay. some complaints come in uh, because I don't know of the I guess of their nature with the nudity and stuff like that. So right now, Shark Babes is is um, we're trying to find a good place for Shark Babes to be. But right now, if you guys would check out Scare Topless, we have DVDs that are available. Uh, you know, I'm still a okay. fan of physical media. Uh, I still have my huge DVD collection. I think it's still a good way for for independent producers like myself uh, to get their films out there when companies maybe are a little right. too bashful, you know? The Netflix and the right. Amazons streamings, they don't want to have the erotic content, which I think is a little, is a no. little uh, silly, but, you know, what are you going to do? So, yeah, if you want to check out Scare Tapas, come visit us at scaretapas.com. Get a DVD. Most, most definitely. I would say this has been a blast. Please make sure you check it out. I mean, the costumes are marvelous. The artwork done by you, Dave, it's grand for you have for you to have done all this by yourself. I say kudos. You have a great future ahead of you, and I'm hoping to just like you said have you back on in the near future. I really do. I really do. But Dave, um, if anyone wants to probably get in touch with you, if they feel like they have um, any questions on how to actually just get out there, not too certain, is there a way anyone can contact you? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you definitely for having me on your program today. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. And if someone wants to learn more and contact me, you know, uh, they could go check out uh, com. We have a, a contact uh, button there. You can follow us on Twitter, at Scaretopless. You know, I, my DMs are open. You can DM me. I always answer back to, to people who are interested in what's going on. And, uh, yeah, so there's a few ways that people are, you know, I answer all my emails and all my DMs on Twitter and also on Instagram. So at Scare Topless on both platforms. Check us out. All right, Dave. Well, you take care, darling, and happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you so much, Miss. You have a great day, too. Happy holidays to you and your family, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Well, my listeners and my viewers, I hope that you do check it out because you know that would be a great gift to have on yourself, Shark Babe and Scare Topless. I can't wait to actually just view them in their entirety. But the trailers are psyched. So what is everyone planning on doing? Because you know Christmas is the way, the way, a good little way. So or what are we planning on doing? Going out of town? Are you planning on cooking? Now, I cooked for Thanksgiving. I didn't have anybody over. Of course, that was kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, it was. But I cooked for seven people, so that was good enough. But I don't think I will be actually doing that much this time. I don't know. I might do a ham. Maybe collard greens, candy yams, potato salad, dressing, the normal. That's me. But I'm going to hit you with a short commercial break, and we are going to come right back after this. So don't you touch that dial, baby. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. He knew exactly what to do. I had no clue what I was doing. We set up the rocket. We set up the rocket. Hit ignition. Hit ignition. And then? And then nothing. <laughs> Sometimes I laugh when I'm frustrated. Then out of nowhere, the rocket launched into the air. The rocket did get into the air. I've never seen anything fly so high. And then crashed into a kite. Look out! Look out! And then the pond. 
I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. All right, and do not forget, I I will keep saying it, do not forget that I am part of the Affirmation Nation, and it is a wonderful, glorious place to be early in the morning. You can also text at Milled Mind, that's at, like the Instagram symbol, at Mill, M-I-L-L-M-I-N-D, the 81010, where you will get free pre-text messages on videos, books, places to be in your life that will just keep you uplifting every single day. And we are on from Monday through Sunday, Monday through Friday at 7.25 a.m. Eastern, and Saturday and Sunday at 8.55 a.m. Eastern. So come on in. You can look it up on Affirmation Nation. That's one word on Facebook. And also, we are millionaire-minded, which you will find on Instagram. And have your vision board. And I'm telling you, everyone come together, give their testimonies. It makes such a big difference when you speak such goodness into the universe. Don't you agree? It is the best potion Whatsoever. As a matter of, I have a few notes of my own because one thing about faith, we have to keep that right. And I learned from faith as being an acronym, finding amazing innovation through higher power. But I mean, I have so many notes that I have taken from the affirmations call. I have like two books of notes. We do our uh, Wednesday calls, obsessed with success. And that gives you pointers, especially if you're into business and being an entrepreneur. Like, for instance, happiness is not arriving at the destination. Happiness is making progress on the way to it. This also means you can be happy in any situation as long as you're making progress. Happiness is a byproduct of progress. It's a fortunate and meaning, meaningful happening on the way to something else. So don't get happy and then make progress. Make progress and then you'll get happy. So for one... Set your sights upon some meaningful objective. Two, set this in your millionaire mind with emotion and certainty. Three, take action and make progress. America is nothing but a change, my millionaires, and consciousness. Two, it's where your faith meets your work. And three steps to a breakthrough. Write these down. Strategy. Don't care what you do. If it's a bad strategy, it's a bad strategy. The implementation changes things, not strategy. Two, Story. If you talk to the rich or influential, they'll think and believe differently. If you can change the story, you got it. Divorce that story. Model the truth. Three, your state of mind. Learn different ways to change your state. Your reward in life will always be to that portion of your service. How many people do you actually serve? How many you serve to equal to how you serve? Love always follow investment. Try every day to improve your work. What what kind of reward do you want? What services are you willing to render to go up? Are you willing to do what it actually takes to actually make it out there? Are you? Because if you're not, then you're not going to ever, ever be actually happy at all. Uh, another good quote I would like to leave with you, too. Stay with me now. It's, Think like a millionaire. Ask yourself if what I am doing is going to take me to my future or not. 
ask if this is what a long-term thinker would do. Three, is this going to make me financially independent or financially unfortunate? Choose wisely on who you model. Choose right, you will get the same result. We are to live by design, not default. Pronard sees the world as trying to help others. Paranoid sees the word is trying to conspire against them. <laughs> a little inside joke. But it's, it's definitely true. I'm telling you. You got to have a passion. You got to have it up here. And you don't have to be a millionaire to just get on the call. We we want you to think like a millionaire, to get your mind straight on that same path, you know? Oh, honey, I tell you, I can't go on and talk for days. I'm about to grab my water and sip on it right now, honey. I want to go up and down at the moment. It's going in and out. So I'm instead of talking to you while it's playing, playing fit foosball here. So that's exactly what it's doing. It's playing foosball with me right now. Oh, well. Even if I wanted someone to call in, I can't let you call in because my Internet services are acting up. Yes, they are. Okay, now it's coming back, coming back along. It's weird because I can still talk to you while my computer is acting strange, and that's the good thing. Instead of on here talking to you, and instead of going, oh, boy, I don't know what's going on today, but I'm going to keep shining. I'm going to keep staying motivated. And everything, I'm going to read you some more notes that I have been taking because I'm, I'm telling you, I, I have I have so many. Like, my this book has not even been filled up. It hasn't. Ooh, I like the seven laws of peaceful living. Ooh, get your pen and paper on this one. This was a real good note. One, make peace with your past so it doesn't spoil your present. Two, what others think of you is none of your business. Three, try and heal is everything. Action fixes pain in the form of service. Four, no one is responsible for your happiness except you. Five, prepare your life to others. You have no idea what their journey was like. Don't compare. Get prepared. Six, stop overthinking. Overthinking is the art of creating problems where there are none. Seven, smile. You don't own all the problems in the world. It is sometimes to act your way into a feeling instead of doing it. You know, I, I love these. I do. I love. I love these notes. I, I. I mean, it helps. I feel a ray of sunshine every day when I do these calls. And if you don't mind. I would love to just give my affirmations. If you want to repeat after me, that will probably help you as as well. You will feel so encouraged, and really, you would you probably feel so encouraged to actually just do this every single morning. It will become a habit. You will feel better about yourself. So, if you don't mind just taking out a few moments of your time, I want you to repeat after me. I am so happy. I keep accomplishing more of my goals every day. 
My mind visualizes my goals as already done. All my best add value to my life. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. I get at least one new customer every day. I am so happy to be addicted to habits that serve me. Every new day, I get better in every way. I love telling people about my business because I love helping people win. Why do things always seem to work out so well for me? I love myself. I love my life. I deserve to be rich. I add value to other people's lives. I am unstoppable. Money comes to me easily, frequently, and in all kinds of ways. It's a miracle. I always finish what I started with excellence. I serve God and God's people easily, frequently, and in all kinds of ways. God serves the world through the use of my imagination. Coachable, so I live in consistent increase. I am enough. God serves the God creates through the use of my imagination. I am enough. I'm even grateful for my mistakes because I learn from them so quickly. Distance just makes me stronger. I am I am in the process of becoming the best example of all my best advice. I am so happy and grateful that I am now a millionaire. I am so happy and grateful that now my show is back on and we still on the air with 14 more minutes to go. I knew I could do it. I am completely healthy. I am wealthy in every way. I serve a million people around the world. We are millionaire-minded. Woo! Right. Shout it out into the universe. People might think you're crazy, but once you shout that out, hey, it's all good. Let them look at you. Who cares? Look at me because I'm going to shout it. That's right. So I need you to get on them affirmation calls with me. The number to be on is 641-715-3200 with the PIN code 656202, hashtag, or pound, whichever one you prefer. But don't you go anywhere. We still got 13 more minutes on the dial, baby. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Show. 
remain silent. Let me shut up.
Have a good day, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and I will catch you again on the Bright Side with Technisha. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technisha. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 